Hello everyone, it's Adrian from the Pageant Project with you again, and my special guest for today is Charlotte Cush, who is Ms. Galaxy Australasia 2022. That's quite a mouthful. Charlotte, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Would you like to regale the lovely listeners as to how you were complaining about the weather on the sunny Gold Coast before we went live? Look, I, I'm a hard woman to please, so <laughs> I think it's uh, just over 20 degrees to get today. There's not a cloud in the sky, yet I'm still wearing track pants right now. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, you can't please a Gold Coast person unless the weather's over 30 degrees. So. Um, we'll manage. We'll manage this time. Well, in that case, you're going to be more than happy in Texas. And have you seen the uh, the forecast for Texas? Uh, it's stinking hot, apparently. It's 38 it, degrees, I think. Yeah, well, it was 40. It was in the 40 degrees. And for Americans watching, if you're watching, we're, we're talking about Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Um, we Aussies do it in Celsius. But it was over 40 degrees, and i got to think it's going to be pretty humid as well. So will that make you happy? Uh, I think that's pushing the borderline of too hot. But again, you can't please the Gold Coast girls. <laughs> um, it'll be fine. I'm actually really looking forward to the warmer weather. So can't wait to get over there. And it's, gee, it's under 30 days now. I had a countdown on, it's like, what, 28 or something days. So I guess first question has to be, how are you feeling this close to going? And also, given that for you, it's been quite a, a wait or a ride because Galaxy Pageant has been postponed several times. We're finally going. It's actually happening. I, I can't believe it. Um, we were, well, I was actually crowned in 2020. Um, and then the week following after I got crowned, COVID hit and the whole world shut down. So um, it's a massive breath of fresh air to finally be heading overseas to represent Australia. And I couldn't be more excited to go. Um, I don't think I've ever been so prepared um, with a two year wait. <laughs> you couldn't get more prepared than the Aussie girls right now. So um, yeah, really looking forward to it. It's been, it's been a long awaited, a long awaited trip for Galaxy. Yeah, that was the last time I traveled overseas. I think when you were competing in Australia Galaxy, I was overseas for UK Galaxy. And then the world as we knew it kind of ended. Um, why don't we start with your pageant history? I don't know how long or short it is, but how did you get involved in the crazy world of pageants to begin with? Well, it's actually a funny story. So um, I started about eight years ago and I was out on a night with my girlfriends and there was a competition happening on stage and I kind of walked past and the the owner, the particular manager of, of this modeling agency was like, are you, are you competing tonight? And I said, Oh God, no, absolutely not. And she goes, well, here's my card. Come back next week. We've got another set. Like come back. Oh, this wasn't absolutely bonkers. Like what, what is she talking about? So I went home and I talked to my mom and I was like, Mom, you'll never believe what happened. So I told her the story and I thought, what have I got to lose, really? So <laughs> I ended up competing the next week. Um, I ended up in a state final, my very first one, and the rest is history, really. So I grew an absolute love for this industry and the way that it evolve, evolves women and gives them so much talent of creativity um, and the incredible sisterhood that's surrounded as well. So I fell in love with the industry and I haven't looked back. 
What what is the particular aspect of the industry that you liked? I mean, for some people, they love performing on stage. For other people, they love the com- the competition itself. Is there any particular aspect that really really grabbed you? Look, I'm a girl that loves sparkles, and I. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, That's simple then. Yeah. It's pretty simple, but. Um, I've made some incredible friendships and that was definitely something that I saw from the first time that I stepped on stage is these remarkable women that I was surrounding myself with who have so much drive and determination and passion for the things that they do that I was like, I love this. I hmm. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe how incredible, how tight knit these organizations are and I'm so proud to be a part of um, something like this. It's it's phenomenal. Now, just in case you miss it, Chantel over here, over in WA, I, I think. Uh, Sha, you look beautiful. Uh, hi, Jen. <laughs> uh, Chant- is Chantel going to Texas? I can't remember because we've had so much back and forth. Is she is going? She is, and I'm so excited. Um, yeah, she's one of my sister queens, and we are actually the two that have decided to go to Texas from our crowning in 2020. Yep. So. Chantelle and I are the two that have decided to continue on. Um, the other two girls who were crowned in that year are Brie. She's actually expecting her first child probably any hour now. She's like 41 weeks. She, right. She's so like, right now. Okay. Yeah. And, and Dad's actually is aging up an age group. So um, I'm sure she'll be returning in, um, in the years to come. Yeah, I'm just, it's hard to keep track because as, especially with Galaxy, it's been in the work, running. I mean, the Australia, as you said, was back in 2020, but there was a lead up to that. So for many of the people competing, this has been like a three-year journey. It's almost like the Olympics getting ready for this. But um, the Olympics. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, the, the, the Olympics for pageant. How, um, give me an idea, how big roughly is Team Australia going to be? Because I know Team UK fairly well, and Team UK also has a huge team. How big is Team Australia going to be? This is going to be the biggest year at Galaxy ever. And I don't know how Paul Maria is doing this. So hi, Maria, if you're watching. Um, It'll be fine. <laughs> remarkable. Uh, there's actually seven of us heading to Texas this year. So we have a team of seven and um, I could be more stoked. I think um, having a bigger group of girls is is wonderful. Um, and a big shout out to Shakai and Kimbo as well, who have been our everlasting supporters throughout this whole thing. Those two women are incredible and I can't wait to share this experience with them all. Is there any particular aspect of Texas that you're really looking forward to aside from the weather, obviously? But any aspect of the competition? Are we talking pageant or once we're done? Because I really, 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 really want to go to a steakhouse and eat like half a rack of ribs and and potentially ride a mechanical bull. It's on the bucket list. I will try my best, but um, that's external too. Uh, Within the pageant, I mean, one of the things that I've had to learn transitioning into pageantry was fashion or fun fashion I had no idea what that was so I had to learn on my feet really really quickly um so I actually really look forward to that kind of really creative aspect of all all the women that step on this stage because it really does allow us to get creative and show our personality so that's probably the, the thing that I'm looking forward to most 
Right, okay. I, I'm in the same boat as you. When I first got into pageantry, and obviously I, I didn't know anything about fashion to begin with, and then they talked about fun fashion, I didn't really know what it meant because it was like, well, is that as opposed to serious fashion? You know what I mean? Like gown, evening gown, okay, got that. Swimsuit, understand. But Exactly, like fun fashion. So can you give us, and obviously you guys keep your wardrobes very, you know, like a state secret. Can you give us any... Um, hints as to colors or anything i i um, people are going to want to know this charlotte look i am wearing the absolute rainbow this year there's something from every color palette and i think it's really important that you express yourself through color um so there's something from every every different color there's no i didn't focus on just one i tried to keep it really across the board um so it did kind of show my personality a lot and i am super eccentric so um, yeah, yes, there's color everywhere. Um, I actually made my fun fashion myself. So it's taken close to 11 hours of individual crystalling of this outfit to get complete. Um, so I'm very, very proud of that and I'll be wearing it. Yeah, I'll be wearing that piece with a lot of pride. <laughs> So many of you guys end up doing your own, particularly like, well, you talked about crystals or beading and, you know, the girls will get out the hot glue guns and go, I don't know how you guys have the patience for that. It would drive me crazy. It, yeah, it drove me, it drove me mad. Um, there was a lot of coffee consumed during beading this outfit, but it looks spectacular and I cannot wait to wear it. It's a work of art. So is my evening gown. My evening gown is an absolute work of art too. And I, can't wait for that to uh, to arrive. So hopefully in the next few weeks, that'll be here in Australia. Oh, you don't have it yet? No. <laughs> okay. Let, it's going to arrive though, right? Because, you know, previous to this, when we were thinking it was going to be in 2020, like the internationals, there were all these stories of girls ordering gowns and they hadn't because of COVID, obviously, and they got held up in shipping and customs and whatnot. Yeah. Yours is definitely going to arrive on time though, right? It is coming. It will be here. Um, I've set a deadline and um, I've been promised that date. So it's actually here, but I've sent it back for some alterations. So I have tried it on. Oh, okay. I just wanted a couple of things to change. So it does exist. Um, I'm just waiting for it to, to arrive okay. back in Australia again. So All right. it's coming. Good to know. Good to know. It's not just a figment of your imagination. Now you mentioned a mechanical ball. That sounds like fun to me. I, I, I will, I'm be more than willing to give that a go. Might have to have a drink before I do that. Um, on that subject, we'll have a smooth segue to health and fitness, which is one of the things that you wanted to talk about. Now, obviously, I've given you a good uh, stalk on Instagram, and I've seen a lot of um, health and fitness posts. So why don't we start with health and fitness? What does it mean to you? How did you get so passionate about that industry? So... Basically, in a really small nutshell, I grew up as an athlete. I was a competitive swimmer until I was 18. Um, and I kind of I grew out of the sport because I had been doing it for such a long time. I lost a little bit of love for it. Um, yeah. Had a bit of kind of like a hiatus from fitness for a little bit. And then when I started getting back into pageants again eight years ago, it was like it reignited how important healthcare and just health in general was to a lot of females because we do neglect ourselves a lot because we care so much for other people. So um, I thought it was a really good way 
were especially through Galaxy to promote health and fitness for women who just absolutely have no clue because I had no I had no clue when I first started out. So um, that's how I got into it is just trying to educate women how to do it in a healthy and a safe environment that they can ask questions that they think are stupid, which aren't. Um, to people like myself who um, just, yeah, are healthy and fit and they're a really good example and, and a really good role model for women just all around Australia. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. I mean, because you said you did swimming, but I, I've, um, I was a tennis coach, a head tennis coach at one of the um, girls' schools around here, the secondary girls' schools. And um, i got to say, just because you're brought up as an athlete doesn't necessarily mean you actually know much about health and fitness because very often you're just told what to do. Um, so when you started on your own health and fitness journey, what were some of the things you had to learn or some of the things maybe you had to unlearn in order yeah. to be your healthiest the healthiest and fittest version of you? I think the hardest thing to unlearn for mm. me was that nutrition. That yeah. boggled my mind. So a lot of girls are in this kind of mentality where they see things on social media where they feel like they have to starve themselves. Mm. That ain't it. It's really not it. So um, really important that their nutrition is on point and I've got um, an incredible support at Never Quit in Bundle who have been phenomenal in my fitness journey and have taught me so much um, about health and fitness that I kind of like to pass that on to my followers. Um, but nutrition is definitely one thing that, I, that I'm quite passionate about and I do like to post what I eat a lot and I eat mm. a lot. So <laughs> I, do, I do like to promote that um, with young women and to really change that stereotype of, it's not just about being skinny, it's about mm. being healthy and being um, having a good mentality about that as well. It's something, it's a demon yeah. I've, I've challenged with myself for so many years. Is It's not about being skinny, it's about being healthy and it's about having a really mm. good balance in life. I think it's doubly tough um, for your background. I don't know if you struggle with this, but as a swimmer, because very often we talk about having swimmer's body, which for a girl normally means having broad shoulders, which for a lot of girls, I, I think it looks phenomenal. You look strong. I like that. But for a lot of girls, they're like, oh my God, I look, you know, I'm going to have these square shoulders sort of thing. And they hate that. So was there any struggle for you in particular with that? Look, I think Typical that, sorry, swimmers are just very typically up and down like a, like a rectangle, mm. you know, with little kind of like a Dorito with some shoulders. Um, I did, I did have that for, for a long time, but um, I think when you, once you stop being an athlete, um, yeah. your hormones kind of kick in and then you become more womanly. So it does change because um, your body, your hormones are going different places now. Um, so yes, I did have that problem. For a little while it took a couple of years for my body to figure out what was going on and that was a really tough transition as well because you do gain a little yeah. weight and that was okay um yeah. but i had to really find that balance and i'm really happy with my fitness and health journey and um i really do hope that i inspire and i'm a good role model to a lot of women out there that you can do it and it's yeah it's a really good way of life uh talk to me about food for a second if that's okay um, what, what are your favorite things to eat? We've already talked about steakhouse and now I can't stop thinking of steak, but what are your favorite? Like if you were going to die tomorrow, God forbid, what, what would the last meal be for yourself? Oh, okay. Um, have you seen those, uh, Instagram kind of restaurants that do the carbonara and the cheese wheel? 
and they've mixed the pasta inside the cheese wheel. No, but I can imagine it. Okay. You should look it up. So it's basically a big cheese wheel, like so big. Um, and they dump the pasta on the inside into like a crevice. Um, and the, the heat from the pasta melts the cheese around the outside and they turn mm -hmm. the cheese. If, there's people out there that know what I'm talking about. You've distracted yourself now. <laughs> Thinking about this. Yeah, it's going to be some type of big carby carbonara with extra bacon. Like, pasta is Oh, nice. that... <laughs> That'd just be a disaster for myself because the two foods I can't stop eating. One is pasta and the other one is cheese. So if you put those two together, I would eat yeah. the entire restaurant. I'm going to show you, I'm going to send you the reel from Instagram that I found and you'll literally just, you'll die. You'll die. Either from that I don't know how... coronary heart disease from the clogging of your arteries because it's so good. <laughs> Maybe, maybe both. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, okay, now that we've distracted ourselves with food, um, you mentioned that you, on a slightly different subject, you mentioned that you're about to do, you said a marathon. Is it this Sunday for the council, uh, Cancer Council? Yeah, so this Sunday, um, one of my chosen charities that I work for um, on my platform, Galaxy, is the Cancer Council. I worked with them for a couple of years now, and... Um, as a little fitness challenge that I decided to do in the lead up into Galaxy, I decided to join the Gold Coast Marathon. Now, just to clarify. Little challenge. A little I'm challenge. We'll just casually do a marathon. Dog. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing the full marathon because okay. there's no way I'd be able to complete that. There's people out there that I, and I applaud them for doing that. Um, I'm actually just doing, I'm doing the 10K Village Roadshow. Um, I call it a sprint for a lot of, for, because I usually run long distances. So the 10K is, that's what I'm doing. Um, I've set myself, I can run 10K. I've set myself a little bit of a challenge to do it in under a time frame that's really pushing the boundaries. So um, I actually ran during high school. So it kind right. of has never really went away with my, in kind of in that fitness journey. So um, I've actually decided to go from 15 minutes, which, which is my original time frame, so that's five minute pace, and I'm going to set that down to 47 minutes. So it's quick. Um, and I, yeah, it's amazing. I, I'll see if I can do it. But um, I have a charity page that I've opened up with Grassroots, which is actually on my Instagram at the moment. And all the okay. money raised from Grassroots goes directly to the Cancer Council, which supports um, families and also cancer patients in their cancer journey. So I'm actually an oncology, an oncology nurse. So to me, this is something that's really, really close to my heart. And it's very important that we do help these people you know, on their journeys. You know, we all know someone who's touched by cancer in mm. some way, shape or form. So all of that money goes directly back into the Cancer Council um, also with cancer research as well. So um, really, really, really vital funds. Well, good luck with that. You call it a 10 kilometer sprint. To me, it sounds like a 10 kilometer trek through hell. I'm not a natural born runner, but I'm sure you'll do. <laughs> what, so how long are you, what's the time you're setting yourself to run 10 kilometers? 47 minutes. So um, yeah, that's like a four. That's fast. 440k. That's... Yeah. Jeez. Okay. 
Well, good luck with it. I hope you're prepared. I hope you've got your, your shoes and, and all that stuff. Um, you, you did mention being an on- oncology nurse. So a nurse that deals with uh, patients, obviously, who are going through the oncology ward um, through with cancer. I think you also mentioned somewhere hematology. My, I mentioned that because my father actually is a hematologist. Well, he was a hematologist. So I'm familiar with that side of things. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious, what is it like being an oncology nurse, I mean, over the past two years with COVID, one thing, but then emotionally, because you're obviously you're not dealing usually with people who are well, they're not in that ward because they're well. I got to imagine it's a, it's got to be a tough job. Look, it's not, it's not an easy job. No, but someone's going to do it. And I have so much passion for this. Mm. I have been an oncology nurse for eight years now, close to eight years. Um, and wow. I loved every minute of it. Um, I actually have a double specialty in apheresis and stem cell harvesting as well. So I'm not just kind of oncology hematology, but I also have a second aspect of that as well, which is incredibly specialized. Um, there's no day that is the same. And mm. I have come across some of the most remarkable people through my work that are my patients. And I, I mean, I'm in awe of my patients that I come into contact with. These people are some of the strongest, most willing, wholehearted people I've ever met. And it's such an unfortunate place to come across these people. Yeah. But it really does make you realize just how precious and important life is and how short, how it can be cut short at any point. So my mm-hmm. job really grounds me and makes me appreciate all the really small little things it makes you love harder. It makes you uh, realize just how precious life is. So I'm so grateful for being a nurse. Um, yeah, I love it. I guess on a lighter note, the fact that you're a nurse means you'll be good on your feet the entire time. So having maybe not wearing with heels, but as a nurse, I imagine you're used to having to walk around and be on your feet an awful lot. Yeah, heels are a walk in the park for me. It's... <laughs> Maybe I should do my 10K in my heels. That sounds like a great idea. Oh, no, no, Charlotte, don't, no. Because <laughs> you're going to do that, you're going to twist an ankle and it's all, everyone's going to blame me for that. So, no, no 10 kilometers in heels. Okay, I promise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, nursing is an incredible job. And I, I must say that nursing during a pandemic was probably one of the most emotionally challenging and mentally mm. challenging things that any nurse could have done and it went from this strange kind of nurses being during the first wave initially nurses being praised for what they were doing and Mm -hmm. then when the second wave came through it got completely turned on its head where nurses were being isolated and went it was so for instance um I was at the shop with one of my fellow friends who's also a nurse who works in emergency and we were both wearing our uniforms and there was a lady that came up, up into the shop and started abusing us for being nurses um, and telling us that we were not welcome to do our food shopping. So what? that, yeah. So Why? That, yeah. Um, so there was like this stigma that like, because we worked in the healthcare industry, that nurses were carriers of COVID. When in fact, we're probably the cleanest people you'll ever, ever meet. So. Um, it didn't start in the hospital. It was in the. It was in society to begin with. I just hope that woman didn't suddenly need a hospital because it'd be like, well, that's karma for you. And it was really so 
sad because she had her kids with her and it's really horrible to <sighs> kids that healthcare workers hmm. were being carriers, but we're not. In fact, we're yeah. there trying to help our communities and make them better and we're trying to make the community better. And it, yeah, that horrible kind of stigma where it got flipped on its head mentally played a, a big role in a lot of nurses' downfalls and we were burnt yeah. out. It, it, was, oh, yeah. it was a really tough time for us. So that's now gone and... and yeah, it's it's tough. Being a nurse is hard, but I love it, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't. Well, if I ever, because I do interview obviously a lot of pageant girls, and a lot of them think of becoming a nurse, and um, some of them are scared to do it. Some of them, I don't think, are quite aware of just how challenging a job can it can be. So I think if I ever interview another one, I'll get them to talk to you because obviously you've done it for eight years, which. Mm. I got to imagine for a nurse, I mean, both my parents are doctors, so they've worked with some nurses who have been their lifers, you know, they're 50, 60 years old, still going strong, but it's a tough occupation. It is tough, but like I said, I wouldn't change it for the world. And the things that I've learned and the things that I've seen and the people that I've met is priceless, absolutely priceless. Yeah. Um, The other thing that you wanted to chat about is challenging stereotypes. Now, I think this is a good jumping off point to get into that because you've used words such as aphresis or I can't even, I don't even know if I said that word right, but long, 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 big words. And there still is a stereotype, unfortunately, that pageant girls are ditzy, they're airheads and, you know, they all want world peace. They don't know what they're talking about. So in terms of stereotypes, what sort of stereotypes have you had to battle? growing up both as a woman and then obviously as a pageant girl and then even as a nurse? Yeah, I think let's, let's, let's kind of focus around the pageantry part because when I tell people that I'm a pageant girl, they go, mm. what? You, you, you do what? And, and you're a nurse, but you're so well educated and so articulate. There you go. I'm sorry, what am I not meant to be? So um, I really kind of enjoy challenging that stereotype of someone who is educated and articulate mm. and you know um a high achiever i love challenging that because it really does put people in their place and they go oh oh you, you you're a pageant girl so um i really think that there's, there's, there's so many pageant girls out there that also challenge this kind of stigma of pageant girls being absolute airheads which is so totally not true i mm. have some of the most incredible pageant friends that have double degrees as well and it's it's so empowering as, as a woman to um, be so knowledgeable and educated about something um, and so passionate. It, it can be quite intimidating to a lot of people, but I, I find it quite powerful. Do you, as, a, as an Australian pageant queen in particular, do you have any ideas as to where that stereotype comes from? Do you, was, it from was it from miscongeniality or was it from something else? I think so. Um, you know, I think, I think in like kind of movie movie magic, I guess, things mm. just do happen and they do have to kind of class certain characters as that, which I totally understand. And I love that movie, by the way. So, um, you know. Every pageant girl does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your favourite date again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, every, every pageant girl. When I was first getting into it, I thought that pageant girls would hate that movie because it painted in some ways not the most flattering image of some of the pageant girls, but they, they all love it. I get, and it's also important to be able to take a joke, isn't it? Yeah, I do. But I also think that Sandra Bullock 
does a really good job at challenging that stereotype of what a pageant mm. girl should be. So she does incredible justice to that movie. Um, and I, yeah, I just I think I love that movie. You can't I can't put it wrong really. Perfect. Um, well, with Texas looming up, have you given any thought to how you want to do? Are you putting any expectations on yourself? Or, as most of us probably, are you just excited to be able to go over there finally after waiting for three years? I haven't been overseas since probably four months since COVID happened. So I, right. I can't wait to get over there. But I think the best thing that you can do as a pageant girl um, internationally is to not put any pressure on yourself. You know, you shouldn't go there with a the mind frame of, I'm going to win because mm. you'll probably be very disappointed at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and there can only be one winner. And I think when you are a pageant girl, you really have to just accept that. I went through years of beating myself up if I didn't play. Um, and that's another mentality I've really, that I've really improved on and grown and matured throughout my pageant, my, my pageant journey. And um, I think just the best thing to do is, to not have any expectations and to just go and enjoy it and make memories and make friends and that's the most important thing you can't you can't buy these type of memories they're once in a lifetime and then when it's done go ride a mechanical bull what about uh, in terms of outside of pageantry, in terms of the future, have you given any thought to where you see yourself in a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Uh, I am one of those women who just let life happen. I don't like planning too much. Um, I'm very much a once the door opens, let's do it. So until it's closed, just, uh, yeah, I, just, I literally just kind of, I'm, I live on the edge of my seat. I don't like to plan things too much because if it doesn't happen, then I get I get sad. So, I um yeah, <laughs> I I prefer just to just let life take its course. Um, I'm sure in a year, you know, I'm not, hopefully I'll be back in Texas recrowning another queen. That would be wonderful. But um, you know, like I said, no expectations. I just I live my life to the fullest, and that's all I can hope for. You sound spontaneous. I'm so spontaneous, it's scary. What's the most ridiculously spontaneous thing that you've ever done? I jumped out of a plane. Uh, <laughs> With a parachute, I hope. Well, yeah, well, I'm still here to tell the tale, so I suppose, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I just woke up one morning, decided I was going to throw myself out the plane, and I did. Was it a slow day? <laughs> Nothing else to do? I mean, no. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I'm spontaneous and I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie as well. So um, I like anything that gets kind of my, my heart pumping and uh, if it creates a memory, then let's go do it. Okay. Well, that certainly explains a mechanical bull then. Um, Charlotte, it's just... not spontaneous. <laughs> well... We can make it spontaneous. We'll, we'll find a way to make it fun and spontaneous. Um, just before we go to the close, is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to? Oh, oh my goodness. Hi, mom. I'm sure she'll be listening at some stage. Um, my oh, mom and my dad, I just want to say a big thank you to them because without them, I wouldn't be the woman I am today for all their support and their encouragement and the times they've just told me that I'm absolutely not. Thank you. Um, 
fantastic. Hello to my friends as well. They've been massive supports of mine from, from day one. So, hey girls, you know who I'm talking about. Um, my, my brothers and my sister, I want to say a big thank you to all of you. Also, my sister-in-laws. And I can't wait to go to Texas. Sounds good to me. You, you and me both. I'm looking forward to escaping the chilly weather we're having right now. All right. Charlotte, we always end with the same 10 questions. What I've decided to add to it is a bit of a twist. I'm going to give you only one minute to answer as many of the final 10 questions as you can. So in order to help you, I will bring it up on screen. And there's the one minute. I will start the timer at the end of the first question. And your job is to try and get through as many of the 10 questions as you can. Uh, okay. All right. Go. <laughs> okay. So um, here we go. What is your favorite word? Uh, bamboozled. What is your least favorite word? Oh, my brother's going to hate me for this. It's the word moist. <laughs> In life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Food. Food gets excited. What, what turns you off? Uh, traffic. Soon traffic. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, the sound of the microwave, but it sings when your food is ready. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, oh, that's a hard one. Um, oh, can we pass? I don't know about that one. Okay. What superpower would you like and why? Turn back time because, I mean, there's lots of things I'd like to change, but also I'm so grateful for things that have happened. So time travel. What job would you like to attempt? Oh. Okay. Would I get to answer that one? Yes, you can answer that one. Okay. I would say that in a, if I had my time again, which doesn't mean that I don't, um, I'd actually go back and be a uh, couture evening gown maker. So I would actually go and make one-off couture bridal gowns, which is something that Spike claims because I think they're really beautiful and a really nice time, a really nice thing to have such a, a special place mm -hmm. in someone's day. So I'd go back and be seamstress, strangely enough. Well, I've seen some of the gowns, particularly obviously in the world of pageantry, and the gowns are insane. When you look at the work and the, the craftsmanship that goes into them, they are absolutely insane. And not very cheap, I might add, but well worth the price. Yes. <laughs> well, Charlotte, that's about it. Um, I guess thank you for coming on, but best of luck. I mean, I'll be seeing you in Texas very, very soon. Sorry, Charlotte, can you hear me? I dropped out for a sec. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay. uh -huh. let's try that again so best of luck in texas i'll see you over there and thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me i had an absolute ball thank you perfect now as i told you i'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst i hang up with the audience but thanks to everyone else for watching whether it's live or on the replay and we will speak to you next time bye bye for now Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident, and impactful queen possible, head to thepageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.